Hi everyone, I'm Ben Tapper and this is Invisible Truths. This is a podcast for anyone who carries burdens that feel too heavy to bear, questions too vulnerable to openly discuss, or pain that you're certain no one else will understand. Even more than that though, this is a space to acknowledge and explore the invisible truths within each of us. If you're still interested, let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week of the Invisible Truths podcast. I'm joined today by Mary Higgs. Mary Higgs is a respected writer, speaker, and empowerment coach. She has a history as an active disability advocate working with organizations such as Yoga and Body Image Coalition and Accessible Yoga. Developing a passion for mindfulness and becoming an adaptive and accessible yoga teacher transformed Mary's life in unexpected and profound ways. So I'm really thrilled to have Mary on today, not only to talk about yoga, not only to talk about how it intersects with disability, but to really uh, break open and unveil the transformation that has happened in her life in the hopes that we'll be able to find touch points in each of our lives as well. So having said all of that, thank you so much, Mary, for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited. Excellent. Is there anything that you would like to add in terms of an introduction that wasn't touched on already? Um, I love how you said that. And I, I would just say that one of my biggest messages would be transformation comes from within. Mm. That, that's something that I have learned throughout my life. And the lessons that continue to you know, come forth always bring that, oh, transformation comes within. Once we learn how to go within, it can totally change our lives. Transformation comes from within. That's something that I uh, hear often. It makes for a really great Instagram uh, post. Um, But when we get down to the nitty gritty, it's kind of an uh, amorphous term. You know, what does it mean for transformation to start from within? And so I'm wondering, as you think about your journey into yoga, the things that launched you into this pathway, what brought you within? Oh, I love that. Um, well, I would say, if I can just reflect on, we talked about this earlier, Ben, but um, reflecting on, um, say I was in a car accident when I was 19, hmm. and it was pretty devastating, and um, I was told that I wouldn't walk again. And before that, I was a dancer, and that was my goal to go to Broadway, and just, you know, become a choreographer. And, you know, I was an athlete before that. So it was a really tough, tough acceptance of the Mm. truth. And I had a hard time accepting it. And in the beginning, I was fighting it and pushing it away and like, oh, I can, I can will myself to be better. And I don't believe you. And I worked, worked, worked so hard externally Mm. to try to, you know, not, except the reality of what was happening. Mm-hmm. And, and so I fought and fought and just pushed and pushed. It was all external. Yeah. And, um, and then I would say probably, well, I learned, I thankfully by, you know, a miracle, I learned to walk and, mm-hmm. and took a year and a half and with some orthotics on my feet, um, it was a miracle. They didn't think that was going to happen, wow. but I don't feel like it's, a hero story. I really don't because I feel like it's just that internal drive we all have. Mm. And as I was going through the process of, you know, rebuilding my life, trying to figure out what I'm doing, um, I realized that 
connecting inwardly was more, it's just a deeper way to live. And I was just always thinking, oh, I can do this. I was raised to think, okay, you face with the challenge, you just push through it. You just keep going, you know, don't let it bring you down. But once I accepted that vulnerability and the inward wisdom and all of that and explored and started to trust that, I realized, oh, I have the power to do that because we all have the power to do that. Mm. We're all internally strong. We don't need to fight. We don't need to push. We don't need to, it's all just within us. So that truth transformed my life. Mm. I, I, thank you for sharing that. I, because I have an active imagination, have often wondered myself how I would grapple with something like that. Um, I've got a sister, a younger sister who, uh, in her early teens was diagnosed with renal kidney failure. And so for all of the last decade and a half, she has battled with that. And I've seen the ways that it's affected her life. And I'm, I'm constantly amazed at the strength she has. You know, I don't know that she sees herself as a strong person, but I don't, I don't know that I could have the resilience and the hope and the, the smile that she brings with her each and every single day. Um, and she continues to believe and, and to fight. And so, you know, as I hear your story of, of being faced with something that to me feels unimaginable at the age of 19, having to go through, you know, I, I think about my sister and how, how I have a, a strong sense of admiration for her. And, and I'm wondering for people that have to face the unimaginable before anyone ever should, how, where do you find that light within that keeps you going, that keeps you believing that that allows the shift in perspective from the external to the internal what, what, how, how did you discover that light for yourself I love that question um, well I gosh I have so many different answers and the one that feels true is that I think we all are born with this 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 inner light and it's just the fact of learning how to tap into it it's, I think that we're all just we all have this intuition we all know as children you know, you're a young parent. We just discovered that. Um, and you're born with this inner light and this, this sparkle and this shine. And through the process of our lives, we start to kind of, you know, learn different things and we don't necessarily, you know, put our light out, but we just become a little more jaded. And, um, and life is right. Life is rough right now. It's, it's not easy. We're going through some stuff. Um, and I'll, you know, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just feel like we're born with this inner wisdom and we learn to not listen to it. And I think once we finally tap back into that, and I think life experiences help us do that, we start to realize, oh, okay, I knew the answer all along. You know, it was all within me and it's uh, meaning you and all of us. So I don't know if it's anything, you know, I just, I was like, oh, I don't know if I could have done that. I, as your sister, I mean, your sister could probably t share you, share that experience with you as well in the sense of, I just, and I had a strong spirituality before and I was raised that way and everything happens for a reason. And I had this conversation with a friend recently and she had said, oh no, I don't like that concept because that's saying that all the bad things in the world are meant to happen. I said, no, I don't believe that, but I think there's a lesson in everything that happens. 
and it can help you learn and grow and change and adapt. And it's just a, you know, life's a journey. So, um, you know, every phase, every experience just leads us, leads us to something new. And I think people are afraid of the new. I've always loved the new, you know, I've always loved to like try something new or experience something new. And that's where the juice of life is. So I hope I answered your question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I I'm with you or I'm with your friend in that I really have disliked historically when people say everything happens for a reason. Recently completed a Master of Divinity and I got into many debates with my fellow uh, pastors and theologians about that idea uh, or about God causing all things to work together for the good of those who love him. And uh, while that can be uplifting to some, it can also be really oppressive to others. Um, and and uh, however, I think uh, like you, I, I reframe it to say that there, every experience can be our teacher, right? Um, just like every emotion can 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 be our teacher as well. There's there are always things to learn, and, and in the idea of process theology, which is something that frames the way I view my spiritual life, it's the notion that on every level, down to the atom and the atomic level, uh, the divine is meeting us where we are and inviting us into deeper ways of wholeness. And so regardless of what terrible thing has happened, for whatever reason, be it a person, a system, it does not matter. There is no place and no situation that the divine will not and is not already meeting us and offering us a way forward into, into healing, into wholeness, uh, into a, a, a more holistic existence. And that to me uh, makes more sense and fits uh, with the, the world that I see. Oh, I totally agree. That's beautiful. That, and that and that life is just here to teach us. Mm -hmm. You know, I always think that you've heard that phrase. I'm sure the universe has your back. And I believe that's true. Mm -hmm. I believe the universe is always working toward the good yeah. and to teach you to learn from it. And yeah, we all go through good and bad things. But it's just keeping um, an eye on the, I hate to say on the prize, but you know what I mean, in mm -hmm. the sense of learning and being able to grow through everything yeah it's not all all or nothing it's that it's just a process and it's experience and all of our experiences go towards moving us along and um and we have choices and even in spirituality and you know, we have choices if you're going to go you know which way you choose to walk through mm -hmm. the door the window the crack <laughs> whatever right. you know and that um it just all affords us this this journey and um once you finally accept that and and i'll admit it didn't happen overnight for me i mean it was a long i'm still doing it right it's yeah. like you're we're all still doing it mm. and i think this is one of the reasons i love teaching so much is that you know we're all on this journey together it's not that we've all achieved you know you don't get to one point and say oh yeah i got it now i got it i totally got it this this just not that's just not what life is about. It's about connecting and learning as you go. Yeah. I appreciate you naming, you know, that you're still doing that work. Um, and one of the reasons I love, I love storytelling and, and I appreciate having this space to help others tell their stories is because I think storytelling and the power of personal narrative allow us to combat the isolation and fragmentation that we often experience in interpersonally and within our society. 
Uh, and, and in that vein, I, I think touch points in particular moments in our histories can really be doors that invite other people, not only into our experience and perspective, but deeper into themselves. Um, and, and that invitation is one of the greatest gifts I think we can give someone else. And so as you think about the process that you are undergoing and have undergone, um, you know, I'm wondering if you can give our listeners some insight on your, if, if you imagine the continuum of your self-talk, on your worst days, what are you hearing? And on your best days, what are you hearing? The same truths that we all face, mm -hmm. you know, I know, you know, I'm not enough, you know, those are, those are those negative things you learn, you know, you know, um, I don't know the way, I don't know how to do this. You know, I can't, I mean, just, you know, even, even in a dancer's body years ago, I would say to myself, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do if I'm not a dancer. What, what am I supposed to do with my life? I mean, how am I supposed to navigate this? But it was all, it's just amazing when I look back and realize the journey's not over and it's all just unveiling as we go. I don't know if I have a best and worst. I think it's all when you have inclusive practices, which you probably do as well, and meditative, and I do a lot of writing as a writing coach, there's so many things that you can do to tap into your inner wisdom. And I've learned so many things through the Texas 37 years so far of growth, trying to learn, you know, from this car accident. Oops, I just told my age. <laughs> it's not good. Only if people were wanting to do the math. <laughs> that right? <laughs> See, I'm trying to think, is that right? Okay, I'll just give it up. I'm 56, okay? So it's just like, okay, I don't know if my math is right, but anyway. So there's so many, one, one thing that I found right after the car accident was writing, that discovering a journaling practice, just, um, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, prose or poetry. It's just anything you want to say or do. And I used to draw in there. In fact, in the hospital, I remember that's when it started. And I started just diving into that sort of space and just pouring all my doubts and fears and, you know, thoughts down on the page. And then, you know, I would, I remember writing poems about, they weren't great. <laughs> I'm just saying I was writing poems about the smell in the hospital, the sound of the shoes. Cause I couldn't get out of bed for weeks. It was like, you know, bedridden. See, that's back in the day, you know, for spinal cord injury patients, you laid still for three weeks you did not move and now they have rejuvenating shots yeah. things that really you know come back but i was you know it was the 80s we're talking about the 80s <laughs> you know this is a long time ago and um but it just just trying to just hold on and i did a lot of imagination there in my trying to reboot in my brain but i was doing a lot of anger and fighting and that that was a hard process to go through but um Another thing that people might want to consider is um, just experiment, you know, meditation, mm -hmm. uh, breath work. Um, there's so many things out there. I mean, we live in the age where you can have a thought, you type it in the Google machine and boom, you got 20 articles. Right. You know, it's just unreal. You know, I used to tell my students when I taught face to face, I'd say, I remember going physically, going to the library and checking out books and copying pages. My husband would make me, you know, help me carry all the stuff to the copy machine and pay 10 cents a page. I mean, it was, yep. you know, it was like, it was an ordeal. Yeah. So, uh, but 
but now this is the ease of it is just you know you can learn anything you want mm -hmm. and um and i think too another thing that's real important finding the activities that raise the volume within you you know what i mean mm -hmm. the things that you're passionate about um you know for me that was discovering the breath work and yoga and inclusive i do adaptive chair yoga um and accessible yoga and all those things that build an intense sense of self-acceptance mm. and um those are the things that i think can help you tap into your strength is in inner wisdom yeah so so let's talk about um adaptive and accessible yoga for a moment um you are a a teacher and I, I, I believe have experienced a great sense of transformation in your own life through these practices. But for those that aren't familiar, can you walk us through what adaptive and accessible yoga are and who benefits from them? Everybody. <laughs> right. and I hate to say it, but everyone. Um, yes. Um, I can tell you the story of how I discovered it. Um, I've always wanted to do yoga. And back, back in the day after the car, they didn't have anything like that. I mean, that just, that is common now. It's becoming a lot more common. In fact, they're finding ways to get insurance companies to cover the cost of yoga and rehabilitation, yoga therapy. And I was like, that's beautiful. It's, you know, I mean, it's perfect. Um, finally, that's <laughs> what I want to say. But I kept asking doctors like, well, isn't there anything I can do? You know, isn't there a sort of, I didn't even know what yoga was back then. And, I, and they said, no, you better not. You'll hurt your back. And we, you know, you're going to, you're going to really just regress and you don't want it. We don't want you to do anything that is going to put you in a position of going backwards. Mm -hmm. So they put feet, you basically fear, you know, like, okay, don't hurt your back. You really need to call to yourself and take care of yourself because if you don't, then you, you may lose all the movement you've got in your back and just all these fears came up. And, um, I wanted something so badly. It was like, it just wasn't available. And, Really, I went along with my life doing my thing. You know, I became a journalist, a teacher, and all these these things. And eventually, when I turned 50, I thought, oh, my God, I'm 50. That was a whole other experience, Ben. <laughs> but just, <laughs> but just, um, just wait. <laughs> just wait till you're there. Right. But, um, I just thought, oh, my God, if I don't try yoga now, when am I going to do it? And so I went to my first class. and you know, I'm obviously, I have difficulty walking, but I can walk, but you know, they're not the kind of people that you would, ex I'm not the kind of person that they expect to walk into the classroom. Like, okay, now what do we do with you? Sure. You know, I was like, well, I could sit in a chair and I can get up and down off the floor. And you know, if I got something to hold on to, I'm fine. And so it was an experience, but yet I felt the first time in years having the, my just feeling connected to my body again. Mm -hmm. which is as a dancer is an amazing experience. Yeah. I, I just disconnected from it because my doctor told me, well, you know, we don't want to hurt. You. So I just thought, okay, I'll live in my head. I'll live in my head and keep pushing and won't really think about living back in my body and accepting all that. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's a hard, hard experience to explain. But once I took that first class, I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. The feelings and the, just the connection, the mind-body connection that occurred. I hadn't felt that since I was dancing. 
And um, I thought that was gone. I thought that part of myself was gone. And so I came home. What did I do as a teacher? I got on the internet and was typing in yoga. And then I, I stumbled onto accessible yoga. And I thought, what is this? This is interesting. It was 2015. So I typed in the accessible yoga and I thought, oh my gosh, what is, what? There's an accessible yoga conference? What is this? It's crazy. It's like, I had never heard of it. And I just knew that I had to go to that conference and um, I was going to do anything I could to just get through Santa Barbara. And um, I reached out to Jeevana and um, Heyman, who's the, who's the founder of Accessible Yoga, and talked to him, email back and forth. And um, boy, when I got there, it was just an amazing experience. And then one of the other things before that, let me backtrack, is I discovered Matt Sanford, Matthew Sanford with Mind Body Solutions. And he is someone who had a car accident at 13 and became a paraplegic. And he eventually became a yoga teacher, reconnecting with his body. And I had never heard of him or had that experience until, so it's like, I kind of came backward into it. And I thought, oh my gosh, he was going to be the keynote speaker. Wow. Right? So it's like all those kismet things, all these just incredible things just fell into place. And, um, I just knew that when I finally got to the conference, I definitely wanted to meet Matt Sanford and talk to him about his story. Cause my story was his story mm. and um, his injury was more severe, but we both had spinal cord injuries, pretty devastating. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, it's just, it's just a, like my, if had my injury been an inch lower, I would have been in the exact, exact same position as Matt Sanford. Wow. So, right. And, he is just such an inspiration to so many people. But, um, and then when I met him and we had a conversation about that, that was the road. And then I just started investigating all of those connections and, um, eventually decided it took me a while when I went to the accessible yoga conference, they had said, we would love for all of you to become teachers. And I'm like, ah, I, 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 you know, I was like, I was fearful. I, I can't teach this. Although I was a teacher, mm -hmm. a writing teacher. But I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. It took me a year of all that. I don't know. Right. So I finally thought, you know what? I can do this. I'm going to do this. And so I uh, enrolled in the 200-hour um, regular, um, right? And they didn't know what to do with me. But my, my teacher was amazing, and she really uh, helped me a lot. And um, they'd never seen anyone in adaptive yoga before who came through the RT, um, registered you know, and so they, it, I'm, it was just an experience for all of us. And it was really a good experience. I just really connected with all of them. And my teacher was amazing. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just from there, I just kind of went on and just telling everyone who would listen how much yoga had transformed my life, just helped me reconnect with my body in a way that I had just not been able to do. And, um, and slowly, as I've been learning through my own practice and teaching these are not obscure tools these are tools that are available to all of us and that is my main message i want people to understand it's not yoga is not about standing on your head it's about reconnecting with yourself and finding self-acceptance it's not about the poses mm -hmm. you see all that on the instagram you see it on facebook it's not about the poses mm. it's just not it's about the experience yeah I I resonate deeply with moving from your head back into your your body. For me, 
childhood trauma and abuse are what uh, kind of moved me out of my body into my head. And the last two years, really the last year or more intentionally, I've been doing the work of trying to move back into my body. And I found that it's affected many different areas of my life. My, my relationships feel richer. I am more aware of who I am at any given moment. I, I, I know what triggers are coming and when they're coming. I um, experience better um, physical intimacy, better sex, better emotional intimacy with friends and family. And there are all these benefits that it, it's like there are levels of myself and rooms of myself that I didn't know uh, were closed off before. And now that I do, I'm having fun exploring them and really continuing to look for other rooms that are closed off. And so I'm wondering if you can talk about as you have been able to connect and move back into your body, especially given your background as a dancer, I can't imagine how profound that has been for you. What are the, the, the positive externalities, if you will, that you've noticed in your life from this move back into your body and this reconnection? Just exactly what you just said, mm. you know, just that whole, it's a whole body experience. It's the whole experience in the whole being. And, um, you know, I don't fault anyone back in the day who didn't know how to educate us. And I was very rigid. I mm. was not open at that time. I was just like, you know, someone saying, oh, well, you're not going to walk again. Oh yeah. Watch me. I was pretty defiant. You know, I was like, okay, well, you've, Throw in the gauntlet. Just watch me do it now, you know. And that became my little uh, mantra for everything. It's like, oh, okay, you're not going to let me do. Okay, well, we'll see, mm -hmm. you know. Instead of really going in and discovering, you know, the high mind body heart connection, mm -hmm. what it is I really wanted. Um, so I, I like to uh, wrap up these podcasts doing one of one of two things. Uh, the first is something really fairly new and kind of random that I do because I like to be random in my life sometimes. Um, so the first is I want to give you an opportunity to ask me a question. If there's any a burning question you have or something that's on your mind as we've spoken, um, float it out now and I'll, I'll respond to it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> is there one pivotal moment in your life where you realized that going inward was going to make your life better? Hmm. Yeah, last year, actually. Um, so the, the process of returning to inward and, and connecting with my body and emotions has been going on for the last 10 years, literally, but it, it intensified rapidly last year. I uh, was diagnosed with clinical depression. And as I was reflecting back on my life, I realized that I probably had depression at least off and on, if not continuously, since I was in middle school. And I just, I had no idea. Um, and, you know, I think like many people, or at least for me, I wanted to run from those negative emotions. I wanted to, to fight it, to resist. Um, and, and while there, there can be a place for that, especially if, if, if those, that darkness is leading you to self-harm. Um, but it, it wasn't for me. And, and at one point I realized, um, I might have been sitting in a Starbucks actually, and it hit me that I, my work wasn't to run away. My work wasn't to do these things, to meditate and to go to counseling so that I would, I would stop feeling or, or get away from the darkness. No, the darkness is there to teach me, right? The darkness has a messenger. Um, my dad passed away. My, my adopted father passed away um, like a year and a half ago. And 
uh, a counseling friend of mine recommended a, a book on, on, on grief and grieving. And in this book, they got to the chapter about depression. It, it goes through the seven stages of grief and it, it got to the, or the five stages of grief, however many there are. Um, and it got to the chapter on depression and it said to treat your depression like a house guest that will come over and will leave when its work is done. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's, that's, that kind of hit me that moment, that realization, that phase of life when I recognized I don't need to run from my depression. I actually need to do the thing that feels counterintuitive and lean into it. I need to embrace it and ask it what it wants to show me about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and once I made that, that shift in my mindset and my approach, things begin to rapidly change and not necessarily uh, in the long run, it was for the better, but um, I, I, I want to be careful about like looking at this with rose colored glasses, right? When things changed, some of those changes were really painful, right? Some of those changes were things about myself. I did not want to accept. I did not want to see fights. I did not want to have, but that had to happen. Um, and then this last year for me has been, the theme has been, um, sometimes I just have to fall apart to come back together. Um, and, and that's what I'm learning. And so, so the realization that embracing my depression was not fun. It has not been fun. It has not been a happy go lucky experience. It is, it is hurt. Um, but every time I come through a, a phase or a round of it, I look back and I'm, I'm somehow thankful that I, I went through that somehow appreciative of the pain and of the lessons that it taught me because I know I am a fuller, more authentic, more whole version of myself. And I'm recovering parts of myself that were locked away long ago uh, that I never would have recovered, or at least not at this age. It may have taken me another five, 10, 20 years to even think about seeing them. Um, and, and so for me, it was this last year going through the diagnosis of clinical depression, wrestling with my dad's death, and trying to figure out how I was going to handle being depressed, if I was going to run from the darkness or embrace it. And, and that that choice really expedited uh, the work of returning home for me. Oh, that's beautiful. And now you're you're, you're father. Yes. You know, this is all for full circle. I lost my dad oh, about a year ago, too. I mean, it was, mm. uh, and he died on my birthday. Wow. <laughs> and that was pretty profound. And, and my uncle had died on my birthday as well. These were the two strongest men. The What's funny is that they were, I told, I used to tell my uncle, he was the, he's my favorite conservative, you know, because I'm a liberal. (laughs) You're my favorite conservative. (laughs) So we used to kind of, and then my dad and I would laugh about, hey, I canceled out your vote this year, you know. (laughs) So, you know, we would just, we came to that place and um, of just love for for each other. But yeah, I understand that. I was, I felt, I still feel like, oh, I got to call dad and, Mm. you know, so many things. and um, I understand that completely. So um, as I, I conclude these podcasts, I like to leave my listeners with a thoughtful practice, an intention, uh, a word or phrase, something that will bring them back to the themes that we have touched on in this episode. And so as you reflect on everything that we've talked about, uh, you know, returning inward to yourself, the beauty and transformation of accessible yoga, the inner light that you find when you go through the unimaginable before anyone should. Is there something you would invite the listeners to do that could take two to five minutes uh, every day just to bring them back to these themes and help them begin to do this work? Oh, what a great question. 
um, oh my gosh. I'm going to sit with that for a sec. Yeah, by all means. I think something that's coming over me now is I'm thinking, it, I just want to encourage two people to listen and feel what was right for them. Mm -hmm. Right? Because so, we all have this external pressure. We all have this uh, external drive and ambition and things we want, but really listening and putting things aside, the ideas, the ego and everything aside and just how things should be and just truly listening and connecting internally and feeling what feels right to you yeah. and accepting that. Because we all have that beautiful space within us that can bring us an authentic, more full being. Yeah. I just, even if you don't know how to do it, um, just sitting quietly for even two to three minutes a day, just grounding down your feet, closing your eyes. Sometimes I put my hand to my heart. That just really helps me connect. And just taking the deep breath inward out of our nose is truly finding that place within ourselves that's peaceful i think that can truly transform your life yeah thank you for sharing that and, and thank you for um, sharing your your journey with us this week and and the wisdom that you have accumulated uh, along the way I, I so appreciate that it was my pleasure thank you so much ben if people want to connect with you on social media or online, where are the best places for them to find you, to follow your work, or to partner with you? Yes. Um, well, you can go to my website, which is um, yogiable.com. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm on Instagram, and I have a page on uh, Facebook, which um, I get there every once. I'm mostly on Instagram. <laughs> so um, those two places. Um, and I'd love to connect. That'd be great. Excellent. And and where are you based out of, Mary? I live in Kansas. Oh, what part of Kansas? Yeah. Um, well, the Little Apple, near the Little Apple, which is Manhattan, Kansas. Okay. It's <laughs> Little Apple. Little, I know. It's, it's <laughs> cute, but it is actually their, their little uh, PR thing. It's Little Apple. <laughs> and um, yeah, we came up here. Um, I came here to go to grad school. And my husband got a job at K-State we're still here. I mean, it's just, that's the kind of thing where you, it's just a, it's a beautiful area, but, um, you know, it's, it's kind of good home base. And we talked about you being from where you're from mm -hmm. and, um, just, a, you know, it's just a nice home base to get anywhere you need to go and come back to come back to center. Yeah. Right. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Mary. I look forward to uh, continuing to connect with you. Uh, and I'm sure our listeners will appreciate all that you've shared. Thank you so much, Ben. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Invisible Truths podcast. To learn more about my guest, Mary Higgs, and accessible yoga, please check out the links in the episode description. If you're not doing so yet, make sure you follow the Invisible Truths Facebook page and you follow me on Instagram for updates about this podcast as well as other work that I'm doing. Once again, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Invisible Truths Podcast. Until next week, I'm Ben Tapper.